welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Welcome back, fam, to the Value Adds Value podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Kyle Krieger, along with Mr. W.V. Law. We are the hosts of the Value Adds Value podcast. And thanks for checking in on this episode um, with our good friend Ben Scoggin. Um, the thing that I love about this um, is there's so many nooks and crannies that we dive into when we're not recording because these are uh, two of the guys I'm closest with in the whole world. Both of them are going to be at my wedding. Uh, and we just really appreciated this conversation with Ben about standards and it really wasn't even what we thought it was going to be when we brought him on. We thought we were going to talk more about how to set standards for yourself and keep them, but we just waxed poetic and got philosophical about education and standards and, and how those things work together and how we can do better. So, um, if you haven't listened to the first uh, episode with Ben, go back and listen to last week's, but otherwise, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, before we get kicked off here, if you wouldn't mind hitting the subscribe button, um, sharing it out so we can get a few more listens and a few more subscribers, and uh, man, we, we again just love being in this profession with you, and, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Value Adds Value. How can we get students to realize that there's a standard to uphold within yourself when we even as educators can't even come an agreeable end game for what what are you doing all this for? Mm-hmm. What's all this studying about? What's all this test taking about? And you're saying the 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 goal is to teach them to be a lifelong learner? It has to be. It has to be. Because that's the only way teaching a child to be a life learner ensures that their child is going to have those same ideals. Mm-hmm. But then your standard, your standard becomes very fluid and it becomes very challenging to set there. Because mm-hmm. that's not really that's not really an objective or a goal to hit. That's just instilling interest in the kid, which I believe is necessary. Because if the end if the interest and in, it's not there in the kid, then they don't want to achieve those goals. But I think what, like you said too, if, if that's the goal, like then there have to be concrete steps. I think there are concrete, to be a lifelong learner, you have to have skills. There are certain skills that go with being a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. There are, but, but the, would you, would you agree or disagree that the, the, one of the biggest things there is the interest of the student. Yeah. I'm, I might not be able to add numbers, but I might be interested in learning everything, right? So technically I've met the standard. I want to learn constantly, you know, for me, myself, I'm not great at physics, you know, Um, but I had a standard I had to hit and that standard was different at the college that I went to than probably the college that you went to in Wisconsin. 
right? But I had the desire to learn so that the lifelong learner standard, if you will, has been met. But what if I'm flunking out of mathematics? And I'm not saying that, that the lifelong learner goal is, is not important and it's not valid. It is. You know, but is that the only thing? Is there, there, I mean, there doesn't have to be one standard. There could be multiple, you know, and that's, you know, instilling interest in a kid is hard uh, when you only get them for a chunk of the day and you've got, you know, a, a family life and the neighborhood they live in and everything else to, to contend with. But you said something there that, that let me, let me see how I want to put this. You said there are multiple standards and I agree. There, there, there can be, right? But there should be. There should be. But there should be universal standards mm -hmm. that are transferable from state to state to state to state. Not suggestions, not these are best practices, but these are, these must be taking place. These must be being done mm -hmm. in order to be able to prepare teachers. Again, we're living in a day right now where, I mean, we're, we're starting school August 17th remotely. Mm-hmm. So I, my first introduction to my kids are going to be via uh, a, a call similar to this. You know, our meet the teacher night is going to be virtual. So my students are going to log in and going to have to meet me the same way we're talking right now, which opens up the door to say that you could literally be living in Wisconsin and teaching kids that are in Florida. Mm -hmm. And so since that is the case, in your preparedness, there has to be a set, some type of set standards, I believe. The federal government either has to, well, ain't no either. Federal government, in my belief, has to take a hold of education. Not the U.S. How do you have the U.S. Department of Education when the federal government has no control over education? Riddle me that, Batman. You know, you, wh what is the purpose of the U.S. Department of Education when you don't even, we tried the whole Common Core, they tried it, but then they gave states the option, say, well, we're gonna put in a common standard, but if you don't wanna follow it, just come up with your own. Mm -hmm. Then it's not a standard. You know, if I say, Ben, I'm, I'm building a, a, a plyo box, and, and, and I say, hey, it's gonna be 15 inches by 37 centimeters. What's the first aha that you're gonna come up with me to? You're using different sta measurement standards. Yeah. I'm using different measurement standards. So now we're forcing teachers to learn very uh, learning standards, very teaching standards, and then expecting them to get the exact same outcomes from every student that they come in contact with. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing here, and you know, the audience doesn't know me, but and not to not to you know, be the dog that won't let go of the bone. I like the point you hit about the lifelong learner, right? And, and all your kids. And I would kind of, uh, I don't know if, if I was a teacher teaching teachers, I would, I would challenge them to, to think about how they could integrate that into their education, you know, and then to, to what you were just finishing there with is, uh, the standards across the nation. Um, you know, because given the current climate and who knows what will happen in the future with all this remote teaching, you know, um, 
I mean, that poses another question right there in my head, uh, that, that teacher education program, teaching teachers for a specific age group in a specific, you know, region of the country, a specific demographic, you know, it, it may need to be pretty fluid because I might be living here in Houston and maybe I'm out of a job. And the next thing I know, I get a job teaching high school kids in Anchorage. And, you know, last year I was teaching, you know, elementary school kids in Aldine ISD here in Houston, you know, um, I need to go through retraining, right? Potentially. And that eats up a lot of time and potentially remove me from the workforce. But what it will do is if, if there was a standard that I knew that sixth graders in Anchorage was getting the same thing that sixth graders in Alding were getting, mm-hmm. then the only thing that I have to learn is the culture. Okay. And the best way to learn a culture is to immerse yourself in the culture. True. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I travel a lot. And whenever we travel, we like to go to those, we call them off-tourist spots. You know, we go to the hoods. We want to go to where the normal people are, the people who, who live here every single day, not the people that work at the resort. And if, if, if they are the ones at the resort, where do you go home to? You know, and, and, and because you learn much more about the culture mm-hmm. when you do that. I don't want you to give me what you, because America, we're good at putting up a front and say, this is what you say. This is America. Ha, 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 ha. But then when you look behind it, you see a totally different thing. And so a lot of times in education, we're forcing teachers to not only learn the culture, but they also have to learn new standards. Mm -hmm. They also have to learn new pacing. All of these things that should be taken out. Learn the culture. And that's it. Things should be the same universally, no matter where you are, no matter how you slice it. And I'm going to give you the example that that brought this conversation up. Now, I know we're about to tell in and end it, but this is a good way to end it. Think about hip-hop music. Hold on. Are we about to have a freestyle battle right here? Because I would just... (sighs) Hip-hop music is the most recognizable it is, well, it, according to ASCAP and to BMI, it is the most listened to genre of music on the planet. It surpassed rock and roll. Okay? Hip-hop as, a, as an industry is one of the newest forms. You know, giving, being birthed out of the, you know, late, it's late 70s, early 80s. You know, it started to take its own shape in the mid-80s. You know, and then the 90s, you just had this evolution of hip-hop, but it still required the same rules. You have a beat, and you have rhythmic poetry spoken over it. East Coast has a different style than West Coast. West Coast has a different style than Down South. Down South has a different than Midwest. Everybody has their own style, but they follow the same rules, the same set guidelines, which has caused it to evolve to where you can go to Sweden my wife and I were watching a show the other day and they were in Sweden listening to hip hop in Sweden where they're freestyling in Swedish. They went to Belgium and they, in Belgium, they had, they had Belgium kids over there rapping and freestyling over hip hop beats, but they're speaking their language. But you got to remember, where did hip hop start? Hip hop started in New York on the street as a way for street kids to have something to do. So this one evolution has taken it to where hip hop is all over the world, widely accepted. You can't turn on your TV or your radio without hearing or seeing elements of hip hop, the culture. Mm -hmm. There's a standard. 
but yet and still we have no set standard for education that causes us to evolve. We're still teaching in the exact same manner as it was when we had the very first industrial revolution. Bring a to prepare the minds and, and you know, the old Pavlov dog, ring a bell, it's time to go to lunch, ring a bell, it's time to come off of lunch, ring a bell, time to go home. They used to sit outside of plants and wait for the bell to ring to go into work. When the bell rings, that's how you knew that it was a shift change. So that conditioning method of teaching is what we've been doing for hundreds of years. But yet and still we saying that we wanna prepare students of today for tomorrow. How? We're still teaching them yesterday. We're still teaching them like yesterday. And we wonder why we're, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly falling behind. At first it was a slow descent. Now, I'm not even gonna say we're falling behind. There are just so many nations that are pushing past us in terms of education because of the failure on our part to evolve our educational system. You used hip hop there as an example of uh, something that has a, a standard, a baseline, but has had influence everywhere. And, you know, no one's forced into doing it, you know, um, no one's forced into doing it, but there's an interest in doing it. You know, um, kids are forced to go to school, you know, and in the past when kids were more engaged in school and wanted to learn more, you know, you'd have kids that actively wanted to pick up books and read, you know, um, there were also much less options to contend with, you know, when, I was in elementary school. I didn't have a, a cell phone and 30,000 applications on it to distract me. But um, without going too deep into that rabbit hole, uh, yeah, you've got, you had, you had need, you had need for education to, to develop ways to improve our life. You know, um, that need seemed to have gone away. That, that need stimulated interest, um, uh, to, to create things like, you know, the Wright brothers in the airplane, um, like the, you know, even, even before a formal education system, when you had people trying to create stone wheels and put them on carts, you had a, you had a desire to learn because there was a need to, and now there's, there's no need, you know, we don't, we, our kids don't see a need, you know, there's no interest. You know, with hip hop, you have interest. It's, it's, it's a cultural phenomenon. Like, like you said, um, and I would 100% agree with that, um, that it, it's the biggest, as far as music is concerned, it is the biggest influencer and it's different everywhere, but there is a, there are, there's a common, there's a baseline, you know, there's, there's a rhythmic beat and there's rhymes most of the time. Um, you know what I'm talking about with current rappers. Uh, as kids just, ah, God, they pop like 20 benzos and and just start drooling out of their mouth and start rapping um but uh yeah, yeah you, you you had a base but like with rap there there's a there's an interest from kids that isn't forced you know um with education it's forced and i don't know with, with, and i remember when i was a kid you forced me to do anything and i'm immediately gonna push back you know um right or wrong it might be in my best interest but i'm forced to be i was you know forced to go to school nah Nah, what are you doing over there? Sorry, I, Brittany just sent me another message. Oh, okay. That was Bl blame it on your fiance. That's that was that's, that was that was a, that was a, that that was a podcast or, or no? I I clicked I clicked on something. Brittany and my Facebook opened up yeah, with with our men's blaming, group. You're blaming it on your fiance, and yet that was clearly your voice saying Wilkie on a recording. 
No, it was not. It it accidentally it, opened I, up to I, our I, men's group. Oh, okay, accidentally. Okay. Anyways, um, I don't know how much further y'all want to go. I can keep going down this rabbit hole. A second ago, you said you might want to wrap it up. I feel like this is uh, in past conversations with y'all. This would probably go on forever. I think there are a lot yeah. of questions that have been posed, and there's no concrete answer. Um, you know, you talk about standards. Um, I'm just kind of. I don't. I don't want. This is not my job to wrap it up, but I kind of want to just think about some big topics that y'all hit uh, throughout this discussion. You know, you talk about standards from the get go. That was the the main topic of this, and then how to reach those standards. You know, is it a is it a national program that teaches all teachers? Does it come before or after an undergraduate education program? Um, and then then you know, as far as as, as emerging yourself in the culture of that region so you have a better connection with the students that you're teaching you know is that part of that national program or does that need to be um, headed by the school you know do you go through a national program to teach you how to teach and then follow on from that you go through a smaller reduced program as far as you know the the social and cultural aspects of the the school that you're going to be teaching and you know um, how do you break it down you know um Obviously, we don't have a documented plan right here, but there's there's a lot of things that y'all addressed right now that um, I don't think are being addressed on a national or even a state or even a school district level. You know, um, a lot of that's in, you know a lot of it from a lot of teachers that that I've talked to, including y'all. It seems like teachers are overwhelmed. Um, like they feel like they're they're already past their max. You know, um, and anything else. I mean, y'all talk to teachers more often than I do, but uh, it seems like uh, when you pose any of these questions, there's, there's going to be pushback already because I'm already swamped, you know? So do you have a, the U.S. Department of Education spearhead a program to, to teach teachers to try and uh, offload some of the strain on state and level education programs on, on school on individual school districts, on individual schools, and then from there, uh, you, you, you shift priorities because if the nation isn't, uh, if the nation is um, spearheading a teacher education program, then maybe I can focus on the unique aspects of my school, my school district, you know, and I can create programs that focus and isolate on that. And then, you know, my teachers don't have to uh, focus so much on, on individual school districts and then, you know, be concerned that they're not going to be reaching the same standards as a school or as a kid from another school and a better district, you know, they, they can focus on the standards they already know and then uniquely the standards of their specific school. So, but a lot of stuff y'all covered, a lot of good questions, a lot of things that I didn't think about before this. Um, yeah. I'm still going through teaching now and I can tell you even in a college classroom, um, which I don't, y'all don't have much as far as college educators in this influential group, right? It's primarily high school, junior high, and elementary, right? Um, but I, I, think, I, can, I can tell you just as, as, a, as a college student, these are still things that are relevant and, and that area as well. You know, I've taken classes and I took a chemistry class um, that the, the teacher just kind of just get through the test. That was the main thing. He didn't really even teach the teacher he didn't really care if you learned the information you'd ask a question and he'd kind of just laugh and move on uh and and when i went on to the follow-on class man it was a headache because i had to i had to teach myself everything over again and then go through it again you know um so um there's there's holes everywhere um yeah and i know that there's a lot of people that are resistant to, to national level control you know but is it is it a control 
or is it just a program to to improve? You know, we. I think that's the fear. Yeah, I know. I know myself. I hate the idea of big government, man. Man, I hate big government. Hate is a strong word. I I prefer to be more in control of my own life. But when you start throwing classrooms together, and I've got one person that has no clear standard or goal, you know that goal for educators that y'all talked about. Nobody really knows. You know, my my goal might be get the get get these kids out of here and get them on in the next grade but the other where kyle's goal is i want you to be a lifelong learner wilkie's goal is i want you to be a lifelong learner i want you to pass this test i want you to learn this information i want you to have it down pat concrete information in your brain space but i want you to be a lifelong learner whereas me i might step into a class and i'm not saying i would do this but i might just be like meh i've been doing this for 30 years i just want you out of my classroom at the end of the school year you know um so if it, it, standards have to be set, um, and well, I don't. I'm not a big fan of big government. You know, if you don't have commonalities across the board, then it leaves everyone to their own interpretation of what should be done, and then standards waver. And you've got a kid in Flint, Michigan, who's not getting the same education as a kid in Cumberland, Wisconsin. Which one is more? Which one is better? Which one is less? I don't, I don't know, but. And, and, and the, and the hard part about it is it is our, our, our disadvantaged kids who are getting the poorest education. You know, it's our black kids, it's our brown kids, it's our native American kids who are, who are getting the short end of the stick in most cases. Mm -hmm. Because again, it goes back to that ideal of is education truly a right of all Americans? And if it is, shouldn't there be a standard for education as that mm -hmm. right? Or is it a privilege to where it is if you live in a community that is privileged to, to be able to afford to do these things, then yeah, that's your privilege. But if you're not, uh, so we'll catch up later. Because getting to the college where everything is kind of on the, you, you level the playing field, I learned real quick the difference in my education in H from HISD and the education from the kids who went to Westlake Hills in Austin. You know, I learned real quick from the kids who participated for four years of bugle and drum corps and me who was a drum major who figured I was really good at trumpet, but I'm getting up here with kids who are playing an entire song, two and three registers higher than is written. You know what I'm saying? So there's a big difference because of the privilege and if we're gonna really balance education and we're saying education is a fundamental right for every single American citizen, then there has to be a standard set across the board that says this is what we expect of all educators and this is what we expect of all students. Mm -hmm. How you get them there, that's on you. You may rap in your class, you may play country, you may do, do it through art, you may do it through, through, through theater, you may do it through whatever means you want, but mm -hmm. just know that at the end of the day, this is where we're expecting, this is what we're expecting of all American students. So you're saying first hit that standard and then don't, don't, don't control it to the point where you start eliminating a teacher from educating in their own effective way. Right, right. Yeah, because I might be a little bit robotic, but I can still connect with my students. But maybe nationally, and I don't think this would be the case, but maybe nationally, 
the, you know, the program wants me to be able to joke around and pal around with my students. And that's just totally unnatural for me. And now I'm totally mm -hmm. ineffective because every day I go in there, I'm trying to t teach and educate in a way that I cannot. And you know what? In the same regard, you know, when I was a platoon commander, I had a different level of interaction with my guys than my buddy in North Carolina, you know, or my buddy in 29 Palms, California. You know, doesn't mean that one was effective and one wasn't, but we did have a standard, you know. So there needs to be, yeah, I hear you. There, there needs to be a, a standard, uh, I don't want to say control, but there needs to be, yeah, a, a certain expectation set, but not so much so that you're eliminating a, a teacher's capacity to influence and educate in their own unique way. And that becomes no, challenging. That becomes challenging. But, but, but I think that's one of the first, I mean, when we started out with everything, the, one of the first things we said that makes great teachers, if you want to be a great, inspiring teacher, the first thing you got to be is authentic to you. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. I can't go in, my math, our math team this year is the most eclectic group of teachers you would ever find. You have your seasoned teacher, you have your new teacher. We have a teacher who is constantly hovering around the 98th percentile in student effectiveness. 98, I mean, it's almost written in stone. If you sit in his classroom, you're going to be successful on whatever assessment you're given. But he doesn't pal around with the kids. He, 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 he's, a, he's a football coach, so you can, he, he has the discipline down. Mm -hmm. But he has a certain regiment that his kids follow every single day. If I tried to teach that way, I would drive myself crazy. Yeah. You know, there's another seventh grade teacher who you walk in his classroom, boys on one side, girls on the other. They're sitting in single individual desks. You don't talk unless he's telling you it's time to talk. The kids do it. If I tried to teach that way, I would go cuckoo. I know they probably go in my room like, man, this, if, if I had to stay in this room with all this noise and all these kids doing all this, I would lose my mind. But again, are we all teaching to a standard? Absolutely. To the standard that we're given. But my standard is not Kyle's standard. If we were both sixth grade math teachers, what he's teaching up there in the Twin Cities would be totally different than what I'm teaching here in Omaha. Mm -hmm. And that, is a, that, 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 that shows the inconsistency of the American education system and inconsistency in anything is going to breed contempt to, for the whole system. Because then there's no, again, you're telling me it's okay to do this, but then you're telling them, no, you, but you got to keep going. Oh, no, keep trying. Oh, but you keep going, keep pushing. That whole race to the top thing, come on, man. If you want us all to race to the top, make sure we're all physically fit first. I'm sorry, that's the soapboxing. It's okay. Well, you know, we're going to... We, I gotta say, man, it was really good. I mean, just to get to wrap the three of us again, but I mean, it was really good to have Ben bring that different perspective. Yeah, as a non-educator. As a non-educator. And that's what our purpose was, to hear as from someone non-educated. Non as non-educated, yep. Not non-educated. So we're, you know, we didn't even get into what we wanted to talk about also, which was, how to set and maintain individual standards. Cause that's something you've helped both of us with. So we might have to have you back sometime soon to talk about that. Yeah. Sooner than later. Sooner yeah. than later. Definitely. So. I hope that you're there law. I know that you're a busy man, you know, with other priorities than interacting mm -hmm. with your friends. Maybe you two can get together and go out to the shooting range and spend some quality time together. 
Hey, I got a bunch of math and I got a bunch of rounds, so let's go. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being threatened here and I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up and we thank you for, uh, for taking a listen to it. And uh, we hope to get back with you real soon. You can find us online, the ledproject.com, value adds value on YouTube and Facebook. And I am it's Kyle Krieger on Twitter and Instagram and its.will.law.iii on Instagram and at its, dot, at its underscore will underscore law underscore iii on twitter so thanks for tuning in we'll be back again with you soon uh, I, don't, I don't get a twitter handle or an instagram you don't use either one that's accurate i do not look for ben scoggin uh, on... don't don't pull me up don't pull I, I need to be on social media more if we're going to keep doing this i have a feeling now i have a feeling though that i'm probably not going to get a whole lot of people looking at my social media but Sorry, I kind of stole the mic from you there. My bad. What is your What is your Instagram? I don't have. I got rid of. It. I need to. I need to pull it back up. I wasn't. All right. All so we will. We will make a promise to get Ben back on Instagram and maybe even on the TikToks on the flip flop. All right. Do you have an like an outro music track that you play? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. What is it? Let me see. I can pull it up. You can edit this, right? We got yeah, oh, we got course. dead space now. We got dead space. It's fine. Right, we can have uh -oh. dead space. So, so, hold, on, hold on, hold on. No, no Kyle, I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna kick a beat, and you're gonna freestyle real quick, okay? No, no, no. He's gonna bring the beat up. He's got it on his computer. Oh, is this something Wilkie wrote? It's something no, it, he made. Yeah, it's something he made. Woo! Let's see. Where is it? Is it is it lit? No, it's more fresh. It's more fresh than lit. See, see, I feel like fresh is old school though, man. But we're old school. You got to keep those new school terms, you know, got to be able to connect with the chill realms. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Tell me if you can hear it. Oh, I need to come out of these other speakers. All right. Right. West Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground is where I spent. Sorry, no, that's not it. <laughs> when a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. <laughs> that's a good one, though. A lot of people sleep on. A lot of people sleep on Will Smith as a lyricist, man. And I have to say that he is probably for him to do what he can do without. Using, using curse words. Yeah. Right. yeah. I remember it was like probably over 10 years ago. I heard uh, an interview with him talking about it. He had like his, did his mother, it was one of his family members because he, he was cursing and he did have his, all I think it was either his mama or his grandma. Yeah. And they were like, they, they basically encouraged him, told him, you know, he doesn't have to have all that. And, you know, like people give him a hard time, but I mean, he had a whole lot of success through his music before the whole acting career, you know? So he was doing something right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, mean, I, I mean, I was just doing the Fresh Prince. So, you know, that's stuck in my head forever. Well, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking back to like Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch before he was ever an actor. That's true. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I bet, I bet if you asked like, Anyone around the age of like 20, early 20s right now, nobody would know that. 
that Marky Mark was a rapper and not an actor. Uh-huh. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yep. Well, I don't want you to have me, you know, reinstalling software or whatever you're doing over there. I'll listen no, to no, the, it's good. I had to, to I was working on a project before we um before we got on and it made me save my project before I went into another one. So that's all it was. Gotcha. I like that gym towel you got on, man, with your headphones around. Like, you look like you just worked up a sweat. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's the thing. In, in the room that I'm in, uh-huh. the studio, it is so hot in here Yeah. that I literally have to have a towel in there with me because you never know. And I just had it just like this on my lap. But All right. I know Kyle can. Uh, what that face is making though. What you got, Ben? You got re- Oh, you know if I freestyle, it's not gonna be anything serious. Oh, it keeps cutting in and out. Yeah, I think that's me. I think that's my connection. No, it was cutting in and out for me too. Oh. You might have to take it was kind of playing, and now I can still kind of hear it Let's in the back. Let's go these beats. I don't have shoes on my feet walking down these streets. My feet like, look, hamburger meat. <laughs> Stand up. Stand proud. I'm a teacher, and I'm going to say it real loud. So I'm going to keep on doing what I do to reach one. And I'm going to keep going into the classroom so I can teach one. I like to have fun. And you know it's like the sun. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, man. But Benjamin, we do sincerely appreciate the time. Man, um, we are so grateful for Ben for him taking the time, uh, for him being a part of this journey that we're on, um, and for you listening to the Value Adds Value podcast and. And I know as this goes out, it's August and, you know, we're starting to learn more about what school is going to look like for different people. But if there's anything you need when it comes to school starting, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, We will do whatever we can to support you the best we can. But again, um, we thank you for being a part of this journey, for listening to Value Adds Value. You can find us uh, on Instagram at value adds value at its Kyle Krieger and at its dot will dot law dot I I I um, on Twitter we are at its Kyle Krieger and its underscore will underscore law underscore I I I um, you can find both of us on LinkedIn you can find us on Facebook as value adds value and uh, take a peek at our website theledproject.com so once again thank you for listening and have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.